If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. First Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to look at a portion of scripture that says a whole lot in just a few words. This ought to be the goal of preachers, shouldn't it? <laughs> Crystal, was that you said amen over there? I heard that. Amen. Amen. Well, I sat in church long enough to realize that's true before I started preaching, so I try to have compassion on the listener, uh, but also try to give you rich, rich, rich teaching. And so there's a delicate balance, that's for sure, in trying to say much life-changing stuff as possible in a, in a shorter amount of time. There was this young preacher who um, <clears throat> came to his, his new assignment of church. It was out in the country, and it was his first Sunday, and he was very excited to be there. And he's there on Sunday morning and got there early, and he's walking around there praying and getting himself all charged up and could not wait to preach and see who's going to show up and meet all these new people. And one guy showed up, old man in overalls. And uh, so the preacher said, uh, well, uh, looks like you're the only one that came today. Should I preach? And the guy said, well, I don't know much about preaching, but I farm. And if I load up my pickup with hay and I go out to the field and only one cow shows up, I'm going to feed the cow. So he said, all right then. So the preacher was so excited, man, he got to preaching. And man, he loved the sound of his own voice. And he loved his preaching so much, he kept on preaching. And he preached everything he knew and everything he learned in Bible school. Two hours later, he closed with a prayer and uh, thanked the farmer for coming. And he said, was that all right with you today? And he said, well, I ain't no preacher or nothing. I'm just an old farmer. But I have to say, if I go out there with that pile of hay and only one cow shows up, I'm not going to feed him all of it. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5 is an interesting chapter that we come to because the Apostle Paul, um, normally when he's laying out truths, it takes a lot of scripture, many times several scriptures, especially if you read the book of Colossians, it seems like you don't come across a period very often. It's just comma, 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 no, anyway, uh, just comma after comma, because he's, he's, he's building up to a truth, and even sometimes it takes chapters for you, for you to get the idea, but here Paul changes courses. I mean, if he were to, if Paul were alive today, he would definitely be a blogging machine, but apparently in, by 1 Corinthians 5, or 1 Thessalonians 5, I should say, he, he opened up a Twitter account, and um, we get down to verse 16, and look what he says, rejoice always. Wow, now that's, that's saying it short now. Rejoice always. Next, pray without ceasing. 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 19, do not quench the spirit. 20, do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast what is good. 
22, abstain from every form of evil. It's interesting, isn't it, that he says all these really powerful things in a very short amount of time. And he kind of goes out of character what he normally does. But there's some real wonderful lessons for us to learn today for our lives, to take in these thoughts or these tweets from Paul, if you will. And let's look at verse 16 again. It says, rejoice always. Rejoice always. That's a big, big thought in just two words. Now, Psalm chapter 34 is one of my favorite psalms. In verse 1, you hear me quote this from time to time, and it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The key word in that entire verse is the word will. Because I want to remind you today that David who wrote this did not have what you and I have today. That is the Holy Spirit living inside of him. He did not have that. The Spirit would come up on him but then the Spirit would leave because men were not saved. They were not redeemed yet. They, were not, they, could, they could not be a tabernacle for the Holy Spirit to come and live in because they were not born again. So he would come upon them from time to time and they would do great things. I mean, uh, you know, win battles and, and overcome enemies and, and do amazing things. But the Spirit would leave. So David was looking for something more than what he was experiencing. He wanted this all the time. All right, for a guy who didn't have it all the time, I'd say that's pretty interesting that he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I mean, we can hear his desperation for the Holy Spirit in another psalm when he said, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. However, he did have something that we all do have here today, and that is the will to choose. And if you're going to rejoice always, then you're going to have to choose to do that. Joy, then, is not predicated upon circumstances. You simply choose to rejoice. Amen. Now, if the Scripture is teaching us to rejoice always, then it, we must then be able to do that. It's not going to tell us to do something we can't do. It's not going to talk over our heads. What God is helping us understand is that there's a greater power in us than maybe we realize. There's something greater to tap into than what we can really see on the surface or experience in our circumstance right here. And there is, a, there is something for us to experience through Him. And that is the choice to rejoice. It's kind of interesting, Paul's the one who's writing this. And uh, from Philippians, when uh, Brandon was bringing that scripture, he wrote that letter from prison. And in, and in that uh, very book, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Rejo wrote that from a prison cell. And, and I want to just look over for just a moment. He writes out this list of things that he has endured up until this point in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And I just, I just want to read this to you. You don't have to bring these up on the screen. Um, but just listen to what Paul went through, all right? Um, verse, you 
pick it up in verse 23, he says, are they not all, are they all, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. Now what, what Paul is talking about here is that he's, he's, he's dealing with, with these people who've come into the Corinthian church and who have touted their title to the people, Right? Well, I've paid the price. I've done this. That's why you need to listen to me. That's what gives me the authority because I've had this and I've done that and I've done this. And Paul says, to speak like that is to be a fool. All right? But he says, okay, if we're going to, just let me be foolish here for a while. He says, are they not ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. Deaths often, how many times did the guy die? In deaths often from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one, so 39 times five. Three times I was beaten with rods, and that was a Roman beating. Wow. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. That is, he was wading water all night and all day. In journeys, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, in fastings, often in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, and this guy is the one who says, rejoice always. Apparently, there's more to life then, isn't there? In other words, suck it up. I mean, you don't have the luxury as a child of God of being miserable. Amen. You're, you're the light of the world. You're the body of Christ. God is on your side, right? Rejoice even in your trouble because here's the thing. Trouble is just another opportunity for you to win. Just one more battle to win. One more challenge to overcome. Amen. You guys have heard of the, the great faith teacher and healer of Smith Wigglesworth. One of my favorite stories about him, there's some amazing stories from his ministry. One of my favorite stories, though, is when he was invited to stay at a man's house who was speaking at a church, and and the man had some uh, a bedroom upstairs for him to, to stay in. And in the morning time, the man was downstairs preparing breakfast for his special guest, and he hears all of this bouncing around upstairs. He said it sounded like it was moving furniture upstairs. And that went on and on and on for several minutes. And then here a little bit, Brother Smith makes his way down the stairs and to the breakfast table, and the man says, what was all that noise up there? Is everything all right? He says, everything's fine now. He said, well, what happened? He said, well, I woke up, and I didn't wake up in a good mood this morning. And he said, I decided I'm not going to be miserable today. So I danced around the bed until I got happy. <laughs> Rejoice always. Rejoice always. You can choose to rejoice. You must choose to rejoice 
in all things. Amen. At all times. This is, this, is one of the, this is one of the greatest ways for us to be witnesses in this earth is to have the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is what the scripture says is our strength. Right? It's in that moment of weakness. It's in that moment of weariness that you ought to throw up your hands and dance around the room and praise God and stand up and shout. Well, do whatever it takes to have a joyful expression. And I promise you, things will change. It is your strength. And not only is it your strength, but it will also strengthen others as well. Now, let's look at the next verse. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Now, this answers the question, how often should I pray? Without ceasing. As often as you're breathing. Like I used to always tell my students that I taught guitar. I said, you only have to practice on the days that you eat. <laughs> Proverbs says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will, or he shall direct your path. Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, I thank my God that I pray in the spirit. I pray in tongues more than all of you. So Paul is not just telling us to do something, that, but he is telling us to do something that he does, that he is experiencing himself. Praying all the time keeps you connected to God. It keeps you thinking about the Lord. And, and then that, that really does bring a joy to us, doesn't it? It should, because he is our joy. These are all, even though these are all standalone truths that we're going through, but yet they're all very connected to one another. I'm grateful to have the heritage of faith that I have. Last uh, Saturday, August, August 17th, wasn't it? Yeah. We went up to Oklahoma and, and celebrated my grandmother's 83rd birthday. And my dad's mom, and she's the, she's the matriarch of faith for our family. And uh, my grandfather didn't come around to the things of God until he was older. And he did. Thank God he did. Uh, but grandma was the one that was really leading the way and praying all of us into the kingdom of God. I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. If you happen to have a grandmother or a mother who's praying for you, you might as well just surrender because uh, they're going to win that deal. Because God seems to answer grandma's and mama's prayers. But my grandmother's always been known, uh, not only in our family, but even in the church that we were raised in, as the, as the one who was praying all the time. And uh, I know as a child... As her grandson, it brought great comfort to me over the years knowing that my grandmother was praying for me. And even at, when we would spend the night at their house, many, many times we spent the night because they just lived right up the road from us. So we'd just walk up to grandma's and stay there because there, there were no rules. And there, there was, and that meant that you could eat whatever you wanted to. And we did. And we loved staying at grandma's house. And, but when the lights went out, and if, well, back then, before the lights of Windstar Casino were shining through the windows, but before all of that was there, it was actually you could actually see the stars at night. And uh, it would get so dark. And my grandpa, because he was such a penny pincher, he wouldn't leave any lights on, right? Not even a night light. So when it got dark, it got dark. And I'd be laying there in that bed, and and it don't matter how. What, a, what fun we had, and I ate, how many cousins were laying all around us when it got dark, it just got uncomfortable. Because, you know, when you can't see, that's just, that's no fun for anybody. So I lay there, and that, ooh, that darkness would set in, and it would kind of get creepy until, and I could bank on it almost just a few minutes later, I couldn't see her, but I could hear her, 
could hear my grandmother praying. And as soon as I could hear her praying, all that fear went away. I find great comfort and strength in knowing that she was praying. You know, you as a grandmother, grandfather, grandparent, grand, dad, mom, co-worker, friend, you can do great things. You can do great things for people's lives. They know that you're a person that will pray. Hey, listen, pray for people. You know, they come to you with a problem, take that moment to pray. Don't, be say, don't just say, I'll be praying for you, because chances are, hmm? I see on Twitter a lot of people saying, I'm praying for so-and-so. I'm thinking, are you tweeting about it, or are you really praying? Or are you just saying, I'm praying? That moment that you wrote that tweet and announced that to the whole public that you're praying, probably could have just spent that time actually doing it, instead of letting us know. Okay. And just, you know, every time, think about this for a moment. Every time that you pray, it's an opportunity to know God better. And if you've summed up your prayer time to a list of things to cover, well, then you've come up way short of its power and its pleasure. Just walking through a list of things, you know, I need to pray for them, I need to pray, and you get through it. You know, when I was a kid growing up, there was a real popular thing to do, and that was pray for an hour. And we would show up at church at 6 o'clock every morning. Every morning. Every morning. 6 o'clock prayer from 6 to 7. And it was all based on the idea when Jesus told his disciples in the garden, could you not pray with me for one hour? So we thought, well, we could at least do an hour. We should. And so that's what we did. But you know what? I found out, and I'm, I'm not against dis, the dis, You know, if you've got to discipline yourself by setting a time, then do it. But don't let that be the ultimate. Let that be the beginning, right, to get things started. Because uh, you'll find that if your prayer is timed, then you'll find yourself begrudging the experience. Right? Because that hour or that time will roll around, you go, Oh, okay, I guess I gotta go pray. Well, all right. Right? Rather than seeing it as an opportunity, stealing moments with God. And if you, how many of you feel like time is really moving fast? Huh? It's flying by until you decide that you're gonna pray for an hour. And you've never looked at the clock so much in your entire life. Right? Get all excited. All right, we're going, Jesus. It's me and you for one hour. Ten minutes later, you're like, I have nothing else to say, and I've got 50 minutes left with God. Right? So then you're just making up stuff. Well, um, bless all the dear children in the world and clothe all the naked and feed all the starving. Well, I don't know. That about sums it up. Right? And at the end of it, by the time it's all over, you're not real sure who's more happy the prayer's over, you or God. <laughs> when talk, Paul is talking about praying without ceasing, 
He's just talking about being mindful of God all throughout your day and remembering that your life belongs to Him. You've been bought with a price. You don't own your life. You don't own your time. It's given by God. And what He is saying is redeem the time. Make good use of the time. Seize those moments because there are people passing you by. And if you're not in prayer, if you're not connected to God, you'll miss opportunities over and over again that God has set up for you to change someone's life and not only theirs, but yours as well. Amen. I mean, still, I mean, how many of you travel to work? You, you have to get in the car and you got to go quite a ways. That's a great time to spend time in prayer. It, it's promise you it's safer than texting while you drive. Just spend that time with God. You know what I mean? Just take that, take that time and just begin to talk to him and pray. And I, I'm grateful to be praying, someone who prays in the spirit. I am. Because the truth is, you know, as the scripture says, we don't know what to pray as we ought. Man, I found it to be so true. Right? I know I needed to pray. didn't know what to pray. But thank God for the language of the spirit. Right? You can never go wrong there. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the shower. Pray in the bathroom. Just whatever. Steal time to pray. Um, and... Um, Pray without ceasing. The more you do it, the more natural it becomes. The more, the more you do it, then the more natural it becomes. Are you hearing me? It doesn't always have to be awkward. Just, you just set your mind and life to be a person of prayer, a person who communicates with God. And I think over, a long, over time, you're going to find that this is more fun than anything else. Because as you're speaking, as you're praying, you're going to find the Lord talks back. Amen. And in verse 18, look at this. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, not necessarily for everything. I'm glad it didn't say that. It just says in everything. The reason that you can have the confidence to give thanks in everything is because I said earlier God truly is on your side. And if you're supposed to rejoice always and you're supposed to pray all the time and give thanks and everything, there's a reason for all of those things. There's a reason for all of those things because you can know, this, this ought to give every one of us confidence to know that we, our prayers should be full of thanksgiving because that means if, we, if we're supposed to give thanks, then that means he has to answer the prayer. There's no point in you saying thank you and never getting it, right? What's the point of that? Thanks for nothing, I guess, right? No, our prayers are a prayer of thanksgiving because we have confidence as the children of God that our Father, he, it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He longs to give us the desires of our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so a prayer of thanksgiving, you know, I think Philippians 4 says, uh, uh, be anxious for nothing. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. Amen. So we our prayers don't go up as wishes. Our prayers don't go up as hope so, hope this happens. Our prayers go up as I know that you hear me. I know that I have this God who is on my side who's with me, who cares about every need in my life, who supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. So I can confidently give thanks because I know that I have what I've asked for because my Father loves me that much. He does love you that much. And thankfulness, thankfulness 
is your act of faith in prayer. It's acting like it's already done because it is. Amen. And that's just, it could happen instantly, t- over time, whatever. But you give thanks, knowing that God is on your side. You know, <clears throat> turn to Matthew 7 for just a moment. I'll finish with this. Verse 7. Thank you, Derek. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. And who seeks finds and who knocks the door. And to him who knocks the door will be open. What man is there among you if he asks his son for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Amen. So what God has shown us here is that a good gift concerning prayer is that you get what you have asked for. Amen. If your son asks for bread, the right thing, the good gift is to give bread. If he asks for fish, the good thing, the right thing is to give fish. So this is why we can have confidence to know that whatever we ask for, whatever we desire when we pray, believe we receive it. It. That which we've asked for and we shall have it. Now these are Jesus' words. These are Jesus' words so that we'll know who we're talking to and we can know that we have what we've asked for. Because he loves us. Because he's for us. Amen. Brandon Marshall called me one time, and it was back in 2004, somewhere around, maybe 2005. I think it was, I hadn't been here very long, maybe a year or so. And he called me on the phone, and he said, Eric, when's the last time you asked him for it? I said, what? He said, I don't know, I was just driving around. And he said, you came to my mind, and then the next thought was, when's the last time you asked him for it? And I, and I knew immediately what he was talking about. And I realized that the thing that I was desiring, I had not been expressing to God. I had just simply been thinking about it and not praying about it. Can I say this to you today? I don't want to offend anybody. If it offends you, get over it. You can listen to that podcast from two weeks ago, all right? There's no such thing as thinking prayers, all right? Prayers are uttered with your, well, I pray silent prayers. No, you don't. You don't pray then. I pray in my head. No, you don't. Then you don't pray. With my mouth, I will make known, all right? That's what the Scripture teaches us. Prayer is an utterance with our mouth. Now, if you want to think toward God, that's called meditation. That's fine. Meditate on Him. Think on these things, whatever things are good and lovely. You should have good thoughts, and you should think toward God, but that's not prayer. No, don't make a mistake there, because your tongue is a guide for your life. 
Not your mind. Your tongue is the guide for your life. The Bible says that tongue right there will change the whole course of your life. All right? So you have to open your mouth and use the tongue in your mouth and speak to God. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm on that, but it's still the truth. All right? Don't believe the lie that if you're thinking in your head, then you're praying. Okay? Because it's just not truth. All right, now you show me a verse of Scripture where I, I'm wrong, I'll be happy to change the way I preach here. All right? I'll be happy to debate Scripture with you, though, if you like to do that. It's one of my favorite things to do. Amen. <laughs> Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'm going to stop there. Next week we'll get into the other parts. And, um, but be encouraged today. I mean, these are big things. Think about it. All the time. All of them have to do with all the time and in every place. All right? That means because we have the Spirit of God living in us, then He is our right and our reality all the time. Yeah. Remember who's in you. Remember who you belong to. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's a very present help, an ever-present help, all right? So that way we have all the power to do these things that we've been commissioned by this great apostle, ultimately by the Holy Spirit, to always rejoice. Choose joy. Choose to rejoice no matter what. Choose to pray. Talk to God. Choose to keep your line of communication open all throughout the day with your Heavenly Father. And give thanks all the time. Being confident that God is with you, He's on your side. Amen. Let's stand together. Pastor Brandon, won't you come? Thanks for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9:30 a.m., 11 a.m., or 1 p.m., and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Please visit OneCauseChurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at One Cause Church. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.